You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AreYouScreening.com podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, there's too much to do, uh, like most weeks. You've got a lot really. to do. Uh, I'm going to run through some of the things that I saw at Tribeca. So there's you know, clearly way too much, especially <laughs> because uh, for those who are not super familiar with the Tribeca Film Festival, it's kind of... Uh, short and documentary heavy right. for a film festival. They have a lot of documentaries, uh, which you know I I won't really go over a lot of documentaries. Do you remember? Did you keep track how many films you saw? Uh, you know I that I saw. I mean, you weren't like there kind all... of for real. Yeah, yeah. I was only there for a couple of days. I mean, I know you so weren't full in. The but... ones that I saw, kind of for real, either at the press screening or at the premiere. Uh, yeah. was like six, but I was yeah. only there for like three days. Yeah, that's so, a lot of, I mean, that's but a lot of I, movies. But so. there were, uh, and plus there's other things uh, too. They have like the, uh, they have big virtual reality thing going yeah, on. Right. Um, yeah. You know, they, they got tons of other things. So uh, it was, it was very interesting, but like I said, it's, they are kind of their own thing. Yeah. They're a very different film festival it's than, not like Sundance than a lot of film Southwest. festivals. Yeah. yeah. They're uh they're not really in the same category as a lot of them because they're not like a non profit kind of thing. They're yeah. they are specifically like a try to get profit into the city <laughs> thing. Right. So right. they're like actually trying to make money and sell tickets and you know the whole thing i don't know right. but they got uh tons of stuff going on but i did see some cool uh movies that are not documentaries or shorts right um i also saw a really cool thing they do a lot of cool stuff with it too so they had like a um they have some kind of i don't i don't know if they have like a grant program or what it is but they get movies from high school kids so, oh, yeah, so right. they That's make awesome. short films yeah and uh, so then they they pick and they uh, screened four of these uh, films by high schoolers that yeah. are like documentaries right, basically. Right. Um, That's and, really cool. And, and that was actually really yeah, cool. And then really cool. and then they took them over to the Statue of Liberty and they screened them again, like at Ellis Island or something. Yeah. And they picked a winner. I don't know what happened. I mean, cool. I, all I did was watch them, right. but right. <laughs> I didn't go along for the whole ride. But yeah. anyway, they do a lot of cool stuff like that. Anyway. Uh, so I'm going to cover a few of those movies real quick, and you, unfortunately, will just have to sit there. I'm just going to sit here and play Angry Birds. <laughs> and uh, so then we've got uh, Fast and the Furious, The Fate of the Furious, the, of the, the Furious, whatever, and the, uh, the, circle. the Circle. So so two kind of big things. The yep. Circle, interestingly enough, was at Tribeca, but after yeah, I was opened. there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, it actually uh, screened at Tribeca really close to when it just opened so that was you know that's that's kind of a that's kind of a film festival curiosity there really that you're that close to right something that comes out uh one of the tribeca movies that i saw the dinner that's actually i think next week or maybe Mm. the week after but that actually comes out pretty soon uh too so anyway like i said tribeca is its own 
something different universe. Most of yeah. the time, you go to a film festival, you don't expect to see the movie in <laughs> theaters for like at a least while. a few months yeah. if it's a big, big, giant thing, right. or you know maybe a year or two for yeah. some of the smaller <laughs> stuff trying to get. Yeah. You know, like Toronto will usually have four or five movies that are going to come out in November, December, and, you know, be big Oscar contenders. But the vast majority of everything that's there, right. you know, you don't expect movies to come out for a while. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, so at Tribeca, a uh, couple of movies, I'll just like run through these pretty quickly uh, so you're not <laughs> just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Uh, the Dinner, the one that I mentioned that comes out, pretty soon i feel like it might be next week but anyway it's got uh richard gear steve coogan laura linney rebecca hall and it's based on the uh wildly popular herman i think it's pronounced coke but it's Mm k-o-c-h uh uh his novel that you know it's been very popular for a long time it's uh, about two brothers one of them, ha- one of them uh, Steve Coogan, used to be a high school history teacher. He had kind of some mental episodes, not in like a terrible way. There's no like way to say that that really describes it in the non-horrible way. Right. You know, you say mental episodes, you think he like started had slaughtering kids or, right. or something. And if you try to minimize it, then you're, you know, one right, of those people. Right. So uh, he had a touch. He had some mental episodes where basically he ended up having to be on medication that kind of, you know, controls his personality. Mm-hmm. Like he would, uh, you know, it's it, it's ultimately not a big deal in a way, but it's obviously a huge deal. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. But it's not... Uh, you know, because he might be violent or anything like that. He would, you know, suddenly stare off into space or he would start right. uh, having some kind of serious argument with you when you don't know what he's talking about, which, you know, not optimal for high school <laughs> teacher. Right. right. So right. he, so anyway, he had to retire. But anyway, his brother is Richard Gear, who's currently running for governor. The two of them have been estranged for most of their lives. Uh, Steve Coogan's character, which I believe is Paul, he's had a chip on his shoulder about his brother forever. They don't like each other. The fact that uh, Richard Gere, who I believe is Stan, mm-hmm. um, he, he the fact that he's a politician in itself is just everything you know Paul right. hates about the universe or right. whatever. He's one of those kind of guys, right? He's yeah. really smart. He hates society in general and everything it does and you know whatever he kind of looks down on everyone and everything and and meanwhile he's got his own you know personality issues to (laughs) add into that mix yeah and uh anyway uh, so they have to have this dinner and it's at like the world's fanciest restaurant. They come in with all these courses. The food is all, you know, every like food porn yeah. image you've ever seen. It's that kind of food, which in itself drives Paul crazy because right. he can't even stand that there is food yeah. uh, of that caliber because that's just a crazy waste of resources. And right. Whatever. I don't know. It's just like pretentiousness gone wild, right? And so he hates that. Anyway, uh, so they have to 
come together and have this dinner because they have to have a conversation because while they don't like each other, their sons are good friends. Yeah. And their sons have committed a crime that has like gone viral and oh. has uh, kind of incensed the world at large, except that what's gone viral is a security cam footage where you can't make out who they are. So they haven't been identified right. yet, but they know that it's their it, kids, it's them, yeah. and they've got to figure out what to do. Mm. And then you've got, uh, so Laura Linney is Steve Coogan's wife, who, uh, so then we go to the dinner, but it keeps getting interrupted, Right. Um, Richard Gere running for governor character keeps getting, you know, calls and, and, you know, yeah, whatever. Right. Inter- yeah. And then, <laughs> so we keep having these flashbacks throughout their mm-hmm. whole lives and, and what brought them right. to this and the whole thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ultimately the verdict of the movie is I gave it like a seven, right? Yeah. And the problem with it is that it's so disappointing. It's good in a lot of ways. Everyone in it is great. Uh, everyone in it is is doing an awesome job, right? Yeah. And you've got to think, this is one of those where you, you get done watching the movie and you go, I bet that book is awesome. Right. right. <laughs> Even though I'm not in love with the movie, right? Right. And a lot of it really came down to uh, the direction and the screenwriting. Uh, and it is by, I think, Oren Moverman, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually done some kind of interesting things. Yeah. And he did uh, Love and Mercy. Right. He wrote Love which and Mercy. Which is like, what the great. hell? That was right? awesome. Yeah. And this one, it's got all this great stuff that it's bringing from the book. But man, it just overdoes so many Does things, it? right? Yeah. Everything about we we go back and watch this the crime itself, right? Like over and over and over. And every time we watch it longer, and right. really for no other reason than to be able to have Paul's son like twirl his mustache at us, sure. right? Yeah. That's and fun. and we just have to keep watching it so the movie can go, look, I know you're not that bright. Right. Try to understand what I'm telling <laughs> you, right? And it's <laughs> great. And it just like tears you out of the movie. And then we go back to even uh, some further, uh, you know, times in the past when Steve Coogan is basically kind of having a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Laura Linney's character had cancer at one point. She was in the hospital for a long time. He was not dealing with that well and had his son to raise in the whole nine yards. Yeah. And, uh, and all of those are really good like in a theoretical way but what you actually get is kind of overdone mm. we just keep kicking the the puppy yeah <laughs> i mean you know right. and it just uh it just drags it along when it's like we get it that there's so many interesting things for this to do and there's so many cool parts of everyone's relation to relationship to each other uh richard gear is there with his second wife uh rebecca hall mm-hmm. who it now has to raise his three kids and he's never there because right. he's, he's a politician. politician so she's stuff. got her own, you know, bones to pick with right. every kind of situation. Yeah. Right. And it's just such a weird thing that it does so many really cool things. It's worth it to get to the end because the end is a lot of fun just because suddenly everybody throws out their perspective on the issue that we're actually looking there. at. Yeah. And you don't necessarily expect them to have the perspectives that they do because mm, that's cool. you, because you've been going through, through this whole of getting this. to know them yeah. kind of thing. Right. 
And, uh, you know, I don't want to like spoil the end, even though there's a book out there, but I will, (laughs) you know, the one part that's very interesting is Richard Gere is actually a pretty good guy. Yeah. Even though he's like this politician and he's very glad handy in his own yeah, right. you know way because you have to, you be, have to be or whatever, yeah. but he's actually uh, he's actually a pretty good guy and he's trying to help his brother throughout all these things we see in the past, and his brother's not having it because his brother's kind of a jerk, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and right. and uh, and then at the end, you know his point of view of what they should do is just not what you expect right. and really no one else's is either and then they're they end up being really honest about why that's what they think they should do uh all four of them and it's it's very weird that's so weird. it's worth it to make it to the end but a lot of it is very disappointing it should be better this should <laughs> be a 10 and especially because uh everyone in it is so good yeah, and doing like the best they can with the possible exception of uh, Steve Coogan's son, who is oh, he's a little out of his element, not the greatest, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Uh, and, and probably because he's got some lines to deliver that he had no chance of <laughs> delivering, whether he was doing really good or not. All right. Anyway, so that's the dinner. Uh, check that one out. Uh, I might just give you a few more that, you know, won't take that long. Another movie I saw is Buster's Mal Heart. This is a really weird movie, but it <coughs> stars uh, Rami Malek, I think is how you pronounce hmm. his name. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his name. From mm-hmm. Mr. Robot. He's like the star right. of that Mr. Robot show, right? And it's also got DJ Qualls, which I just love him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's, he's one of my favorite actors that nobody knows who it is. Like, you see him, and then you go, oh, yeah, I saw him in yeah. something. But Well, everyone knows him from Road Trip, right? I mean, well, or at least I know him yeah, from sure. Road Trip. Yeah. I mean, that's where, I mean, that's the easy thing um, for me, but. But anyway, he like he just he's doesn't fun. he doesn't get enough stuff. He's yeah, really good. He's good. Anyway, uh, this is, and this is another movie where there's virtually no one else in it. <laughs> there's really? uh you get little spots oh, yeah, of other really? people God, there isn't but uh he <laughs> he is having this the whole movie happens in this weird time jumping way where we see like you know it starts with the end like every movie now right yeah it starts with the end of the movie then you go back right. he's he's working at a, a hotel as like the night shift <laughs> like kind of uh, right. front desk night crew right yeah and you see all these things about his life with his wife and uh, the weird shows that he watches at night. And, yeah. you know, he maybe has some mental difficulties of his own and <laughs> various things. But yeah, but then it fast forwards <laughs> to like the present where he is living he's like the guy that we had in our own woods, right? He's like the hermit the, yeah. living in the woods who's right. breaking into people's summer camps houses and, stuff, and yeah. camps and, right. and all that. And he's, you know, existing that way, but he also calls into radio stations to mm-hmm. kind of taunt them and all this stuff. And so anyway, then it just all comes together into this uh, bizarre, how we got there and everything. And, you know, this one, I really want to rate pretty high, yeah. but there's just no way. <laughs> so this one's like a five. It's oh. it's okay, yeah. <clears throat> but it does so many things that are so goofy. And it does so... There's a lot of good stuff in it, though. There is... Yeah. It, it, it's, 
<laughs> interesting and fun to watch, and it's interesting the way that they put it all together. But there's a lot of this movie that thinks that it's way more interesting than right. it is. That it's it just can't quite like this is a movie. I love movies that have hardly anyone in it, right? Right. This movie really needed someone else in it. Someone else, it just yeah. needed it just needed <laughs> some someone else to give him a little more right. to work with than just being yeah, all dude, by himself right. in this story. I anyway. just I snickered just because I saw the director, Sarah Adina Smith. She described the movie as Donnie Darko and Bad Santa. And to me, I'm like, that's I, I both want to see that yeah, film see, and then I don't that, want to see it all. But when, that dir- it, that when directors itself, and writers do that, that's either a lofty misappropriation of yeah. something or it's just wishful thinking. Yeah, it you is. Know? It because is. In, in this one, a, in this one, it's absolutely wishful yeah, thinking. Anyway, like that's just that's funny. That's kind of exactly what I'm saying. Like uh, this movie, this, that, this movie thinks that's if, what it right, is. If it had been that, and that would have been not, great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, the next one is uh, Abundant Acreage Available, which I doubt is going to uh, get, like, a huge release. Yeah. But it stars Amy Ryan, who's awesome in it, and uh, Terry Kinney. So everyone knows who Terry Kinney is, too, except that maybe everything. maybe they don't know, they don't his, know name, his name. But he's in everything face, in the universe. Yeah. And oddly enough, and this, like, really threw me, and maybe it won't throw... Everyone, but Max Gale is in it, right? Mm-hmm. Wojciechowicz from Barney Miller. Mm-hmm. I'm like, where did he come from? Yep. I looked at, I actually looked he's him been, up, and he's, he's been, been busy. he's been doing he does stuff. stuff, yeah, but not stuff that I'd seen, right? Right for a, right. at least a while. So I'm like, what? What the? Anyway, yep. uh, so Amy Ryan and Terry Kinney are uh, uh, brother and sister. Movie starts just after their dad has finally died after a like long illness. They have a farm. And uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, a small farm. Uh, I'm not actually even sure where this is supposed to take place, but they grow tobacco. Uh, so okay. I guess in the South. So, it, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's when the movie starts. And just after they kind of get past this, you know, kind of minor bickering about stuff happening... All of a sudden, these three guys, like old guys, everyone's pretty old in this movie, right? These three old guys, Max Gale is one of them, show up on her land and have like camped out. And she goes out to see why there's this tent. And and it's winter, right? So it's not like they're in the field, even though they're in the field, right? Um, And it turns out that they are the sons of the guy who sold the farm to her dad to her uh, dad yeah. uh you know forever a ago. jillion years ago yeah. like 60 years right. ago 50 years ago whatever <laughs> whatever the heck it was yeah. and so then the whole movie is uh terry kinney is this like born again you know religious person uh who has kind of uh, his own dark, troubled past or whatever, but mm-hmm. now he's this, you know, he's the born again religious person who has just swung all the way the other way, right? Right. right. And uh, <laughs> and you've got the uh, the three brothers who have strange ideas of what they hope to accomplish by coming here, right? Yeah. And they they want to buy the land back. So right. they can live there and they could die on the land that used to be theirs. And the farm was their families. Yeah. Like forever. Right. Before. Um, 
And Amy Ryan obviously uh, wants nothing to do with it. It's her dad's farm, and she wants to stay there and everything. And you don't get too far into it before Terry Kinney wants to just give it to him. Right. He doesn't even want to, he doesn't even want to sell it to him. Yeah. He's like, uh, our dad took advantage of their situation and yeah. we should not be profiting off of this or whatever. And, uh, and it is really a gorgeous movie. It's a weird movie in the sense that like when it's done, you know, I wasn't even like thinking about whether it was good or bad. Yeah. It just was kind of beautiful yeah. in a, That's in a weird way. It's, yeah. It's fun and it's quirky and it's very weird. It's fast too. And a lot of it, you know, a, a lot of it you have to, I guess, weirdly leave your thoughts at the door like watching a weird sci-fi thing mm-hmm. where you don't want to start questioning how <laughs> phasers work. Right. And this one, even though maybe that maybe that won't uh, be a problem for everyone, but That's this funny. one you kind of have to ignore how uh, <laughs> how owning things really works, right. Right? right? Because they obviously both own the land. Mm-hmm. And like the movie is probably not expecting anyone to care about this at all. But their dad just died, and they inherited the farm. And all of a sudden, Terry Kinney starts going, no, we're selling. I've decided. Right. Like, that's a thing. Like, whoever said it first, <laughs> like Gibbs. You, right. Gibbs like, on the decision. Yeah. And and uh, Amy Ryan's <laughs> character is like, what? Like, mm-hmm. now I'm screwed because he said we're selling. Right. And, you know, stuff happens in the movie right. based on I that movie I- logic. Based on that idea that yeah. he's just going to do that. Yeah. And I'm going, well, wait, what? You, yeah. That's not what happens. Yeah, that's he, not even a he thing. He can't sell, right? right? And <laughs> it's, right. you know, thinking too much about stuff anyway. Right. But, you, but you've got the three old guys, and, <laughs> and, and they're awesome, and they're all individual craziness. And, uh, and I saw this one when there was Q&A with the director afterwards, and uh, he had some really interesting things to say. I'm not going to go over it uh, all right now, but... There is a part where you kind of get the idea that one of the brothers and Amy Ryan are sort of moving towards each other mm-hmm. as as time is going on, right? Yeah. One of the brothers, like Max Gale, is sort of the rational but pushy guy who has come up with this idea. He's like clearly the leader of the brothers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and always has been. And the other brother recently had a stroke and now he's has like lost his filter. So, you know, so he's great. So he's that guy. He's that one. And then there's the younger brother who has just always (laughs) kind of had to go along with what's happening. I'll back my brothers. And he, and he's the one, he starts kind of moving towards Amy Ryan. You think that maybe they're uh, potentially getting together. Right. Max Gale at a certain point, suddenly decides, hey, maybe that's a good idea. Right. You can now, just, now we get the yard. Now we've yeah. solved everything, right? <laughs> right? Right. And uh and then suddenly they really don't. Yeah. And and it's kind of weird. And so anyway, you mm. talked about why that happened and abundant uh, acreage. Abundant available? acreage available. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the last one, uh, because this is already uh taken forever, is called Flower. And it was cl- easily the mm. best movie I saw. Oh really? Uh it was What would you have given abundant acreage? You gave. Uh, you I'd, gave like I'd give that like an eight, but okay. it, uh, it it's a little slow and it's clearly not for everyone. Oh wow! It said uh, it was like ninety minutes. Um, I figured it was a fast movie, like it just moved 
Felt well, long. not really, because they're just all... It, it's not slow like you're sitting there going, oh my God, would this end? Right. It's just that it's slow because, you know, it's people sitting around the talking farmhouse and, talking right. and stuff. So it's not... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Flower is uh, Zoe, Do- Zoe Deutsch. <laughs> I'm getting killed by that name. Do that three times fast. Uh, yeah, Zoe Deutsch, Catherine Hahn, and Adam Scott. And it's a really kind of weird coming of age story in in the loosest sense of that word, in that there is an adolescent in it. That's that's, that's, pr- it, that's huh? pretty much all that's there good. is, right? Long they covered that. Uh, Zoe Deutsch is this girl who is uh, s- trying to save up money to bail her father out of jail. Her father, who has not been around a lot, right? And mm-hmm. Catherine Hans, her mother, who's raised her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the idea that for a long time she has been the only parent, whether her dad was in jail or not, right. um, because I don't think her dad's been in jail, you know, that long, yeah. right? Right. It's just that he hasn't been there anyway. Yeah. And uh and they're in a, a pretty small town and there's not a lot to do. And the movie starts out, uh, which I thought was great, because the movie starts out letting you know right where you are, because she has undertaken with her two friends to create this like blackmailing <laughs> ring, cool. sort of. But in the most like penny any way you could imagine, right? right? She gets guys in the town and you know who are willing to do stuff with teenage girls that you can blackmail them about. Good, and uh, and then that's how she's trying to save up this like 25 grand or something <laughs> to, to bail out her, her dad, yeah. And then, but meanwhile, mom has a new boyfriend that she's had for a while, right. But his son is now getting out of rehab. <laughs> Jesus, and, the roadmap for this film. Yeah, and his son uh, was in rehab for doing pills, but had uh, some event in his past where uh, he accused a teacher of, <laughs> of sexual assault or this whatever. This sounds like a town I should live in. This sounds so fun. It. It really is this, a, is this like a really drama? Is, is it a comedy? Is it? It's like a drama comedy, it's, and oh, then it's all of it. uh, like, and then at times right. it's very screwy too. Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> what happens is that um, Zoe Deutsch's character like teams up with her, you know, newly released brother-in-law to try and right. get revenge on this teacher from forever ago because. Uh, because he's not, you know, moving past it, right? And he has all he has all kinds of problems and stress, and yeah. you know, whatever. He's a mess, right? right. Because right. of it. And so she figures, I can not only help him, but I can figure out a way to <laughs> get money out of the guy too, right? You know, and then hilarity sure. ensues, uh, right. right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is uh, it's it's wild and goofy and crazy. And the closer you get to the end, the more things happen that are just kind of bonkers. But still, it's a really interesting kind of update to hmm. like today's world and today's things that kids are thinking about and right. dealing Doing, with, and yeah. you know, whatever. This and is the and new just club. and just uh, her general attitude mm-hmm. of life. 
and uh, you've got Catherine Hahn. She's like one of these, you know, bestie moms. Yeah. Like she wants to be best friends with her kid right. yeah. kind of thing. Yep. So it's and and it it's interesting even some of the stuff that the movie only does kind of accidentally because uh because the boyfriend who has the kid in rehab, right? Yeah. He's a very normal, like fairly strict uh what no I mean just average normal dad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Catherine Hahn is the way she is. And you know, it's kind of like your kid turned out like this and his right. kid turned out like this. And right. how did that happen? Yeah, and right, you know, I don't right. know. I don't know. But it's a lot of fun and Zoe Deutsch is she's good. Incredible. She's in it, yeah. So all right. So that is uh pretty much Tribeca there in a That's nutshell. Not bad. That's not um, bad. So Four I mean, films, lot, two you didn't talk about because they sucked. Lots of lots of good movies. Um, what did you? How did did you just choose them because they fit the schedule, or did you did you seek those out? Like, did you read it, a synopsis? It, when there you go was, to the festival, how do you how do you figure out what movies? You don't just sit cold right. In so in general, like, it, so in general, it, it would be very different. But this one, since I was only going for a few days, it pretty much was. Uh, which of these 10 things that have press screenings right now right. do I want to go to? Yeah. And then a couple of them, like uh, Flower and The Dinner, it was what did somebody get me tickets to the premiere for? Right. So, right. so I was going to go to that. So. When, you, when you go to a festival like that, a lot of people don't go to film festivals. Like when you go to a festival like that, you're probably most people are there to just experience all the films. You're right. not specifically there to see one film or one genre. Right, right. So it makes sense if you've got, you know, an eight o'clock free, you just you're not doing do dinner, whatever, you've got exactly. tickets, then you're going right. to see and, it. Like, and there's a, uh, yeah. For me going, I mean, I don't know about the average person going, uh, Although this is a film festival where you really do get a lot of just the public people to right. show yeah, up. And right? that's the design of it. Like, right. Yeah. Um, but one like this, it's kind of like you go, well, what can I do right now? And right. there's eight different things. Right. And, it's, and right. it's like, well, this one's far away. Uh, I do have to throw out before I leave Tribeca altogether, and we're going to have to like run through the other movies. But I, when I went to see Abundant Acreage Available, uh, Ryan Eggold was there. Yeah. And I kind of like saw it with him. That's and, cool. and so I was uh, talking to him after the movie and, because I'm like, oh, my God, why are you here? Are you connected to this somehow? Right. Um, and for those who don't know, he's the guy in the blacklist, the blacklist mm -hmm. redemption. <clears throat> uh, he had a movie at the, <laughs> at the thing. Oh, did I, he really? I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, actually. Um, but it was it was one of those movies that was not going to screen at all until after I was gone. Oh, right. Okay. But anyway, so that was that's really cool. That's pretty cool. cool. There's, yeah, uh, that's, that's fun. And, and he's like, nope, I'm just trying to see stuff while I'm just here. Just checking it so out. So he just like wandered in. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so that's that, awesome. That was cool. He was probably there for the big Godfather thing, you know. Maybe. That's the thing to yeah. have been at. When... Not, his, not his own movie. Yeah. Just, nah, who pushes that? Yeah. So. All right. Um, uh, okay. Fate. Yeah. Fate of the Furious. All right. So uh, there's no point scenario. in explaining anything about the fate of the Furious, right? <laughs> That's your position. It's not, it's not like we have to run through yeah. the synopsis because no one will know what movie we're talking about <laughs> right. or whatever. We all this is like what the fifteenth movie or yeah, this is eight. The eight. I think this is 
Yeah, I think it's anyway. Uh, everyone knows where we are. So uh, to start with, we can just jump out with our ratings. Uh, Let me see. I put you down for something. I don't even know if I'm right on this. Yeah, because I was being very generous, right? Oh, you, and yeah. there were there were a couple of parts that I kind of was okay with. Actually, there were a couple of parts where I was okay with the theory. I don't mm-hmm. even know how okay I was with right. uh, what actually happened. But anyway, because that made me think fairly generous thoughts, I gave this a one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good buildup. That's a great. Well, how, you know, I was two and a half off. I actually <clears throat> I was not even really that close at all. This was like the, I, I was, I was watching most of the time I was watching this movie. Uh, I was just concentrating on whether or not I felt this could be my new worst movie ever. And I feel like the movie, worst of all, not just was the movie bad, yeah. not just does the movie really, really think that I'm stupid, right? but I feel right. like the movie was actually trying to get me <laughs> not to like it. I think it was actively after me not liking it. Now, it's not after everyone not liking it. Right, it, just you. It right, has some people that saying. it wants to like it, right? Right. But I feel like it was really going, we could go this way or that way. It'll make no difference to our audience which way we go. Which one will piss off Mark? Right. And, right. and, that's, and, they, pulled, and, that's the, and they pulled me. And that's the one we're going to do. I said, he'll hate this. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing that's interesting. But it, it did stay away from zero. Because there which were, is something. Because there, there were a couple of parts uh, that, I, yeah. that I was kind of okay with. Baby that fight. I, that I didn't hate. Baby fight's fun. The baby fight was the, fun. The baby fight Jason was... Jason Statham was the, fun. With the, the baby, baby fight. fight was okay. And gonna, I'll, I'll tell right. you the all one right. thing about the baby fight um, that helped me kind of like the movie a little bit mm-hmm. um, was that they didn't do it too much. They didn't do it too long. Yeah. They didn't do anything really stupid with it. Right. They just basically had him move the baby from one place right. to another right. and put it back down and then get it out of the way right. of the action. It wasn't like, you know, if this was, uh, if we were doing this same thing in a different movie with Jackie Chan, it'd be a whole other baby fight, right? Baby, right. And so I thought, baby would be involved. I baby thought at least punch. we're doing yeah. that and we're going to yeah. try to have a straight face if, through if the baby it, had but. thrown a kick or a punch <laughs> right. or had spit up on someone as a method or, or, of or he or he or he actually yeah. hit somebody with the carrier the carri- right, or something right, like yeah. that i yeah. thought that was a perfect reason why it at least got one star for me but uh, I, I gave it three uh, now to sidestep that real quick for it to, <laughs> for it to have gotten zero it. <laughs> for it to have gotten a zero I, f- I feel, I don't know how if you feel this way, but I'm going to sidestep this real quick. When a movie is at like five or six or five or four, it's in relatively stable, but you know, not exciting territory. If you get into three and start sliding towards two, the precipice to get to zero is much faster right. than you would think from five to zero. Like that takes work. But once you're teetering on two or three, you don't need much to just start getting in the quicksand and then you never get out. Right. So I actually am saying for you to give it one over none is actually kind of big. Like, because it was so close (laughs) to being zero. It's so easy to go to zero if you're at one and you're like, you better do something like great. Um, And and I'll tell you, even uh, before we get too far into it, 
there was a time in this movie where I was kind of thinking maybe this is like two. Maybe I can go yeah. two. Yeah. And then it got to the end. Right. And I went, the you end, know, goodbye. The end almost, yeah, the <laughs> end does so many things. I mean, the first problem is that it's... The, the end is almost like we stole the script from the next Austin Powers right. movie yeah. or something. Yeah. It is so phenomenally goofy. <laughs> You know, it's one thing, like I was talking about before, it's one thing to go, uh, we're not going to explain how phasers work, we're just going to do it, or we're not going to talk about, you know, the actual estate laws (laughs) and how ownership of property can Mm -hmm. go from one person to another and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. It's another thing to get someone who's like maybe 15 years old Mm -hmm. and go, how do you think submarines work? Right, right. <laughs> and just um, right. well, they can fly, right? right sure. I mean, it's they got like, that wing. They got wings, <laughs> right? On them. They they can go uh-huh. uh, like uh, two, three hundred miles an hour, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, sure. it's like what is happening yeah. all of a sudden? And it's not like the whole movie's like all about cars, and you see all the stuff happen with cars, mm-hmm. and sometimes they do stuff that's a little goofy, like you have a car go up on two wheels and do something mm-hmm. that you go. Maybe someone could do that, kind of, but not exactly the way they do it. But that's just kind of car movie. That's like not exactly new stuff, right? Right. But the cars don't suddenly like jump over the Grand Canyon or, you know, do insanely impossible things, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, nobody knows how submarines work anyway, so we can have it do whatever we <laughs> who's, want. Who's seen a submarine movie <laughs> in forever, right? Does Boot or The Hunt for Red October? Uh, I was actually, uh, uh, a friend was actually watching a trailer. It was just on TV, you know, because it just opened, obviously, and it's the biggest film in the world. So he's watching the trailer and he said, uh, did you guys see this yet? And I, you know, we hadn't seen it yet. No. And he's like, okay, but why is this, why are they doing that? And I went, well, I, I haven't seen it yet. So, and he goes, well, well then it, why, look at this. Why are they doing that? What, what is this? And, and I stopped him and I just said, look, I haven't seen the movie, but you're asking all the wrong questions. I, I haven't even seen this movie and I can tell you why. Going into the film when the big trick was the submarine fighting the cars in right. the, in the you know, ice caps, it isn't about why they're doing anything anymore. You, it, to think about that is to think back, you know, maybe a little more than a decade ago, not in real time, but in, I guess, character time. And it might even be smaller for their lives. It might even only be like right. six or seven years. Right. That they were just like running a deli and they were car guys, car people. And now they're super agents. Right. Like they are capable of taking down any country. Sure. And you're asking all the wrong questions. It isn't about why is this happening in this movie? And in a weird way, this braced me for what we we, we were going to see. It's just about look at what we can do. Right. And it's one of those movies. The moment you understand it's not a why are we doing this that, that suggests character, narrative, motivation, believability, like growth of story. These characters, if, if this is, and this is, I mean, it's the eighth film, but it's really like the sixth because they skipped one and this is the set. Okay. So it's seven Whatever. films in, you know there's a lot of people that really like these characters and the diversity of who they represent. And I get right. that. That's why it's a billion dollar film across the world. And there is, uh, you know, not to cut you off or yeah. anything, but there, there is a market out there of people who want to watch really bad, like sitcoms, right. but in the movie theater. Right. <laughs> and, right. They want to pay a lot more for and, it. And they want to watch this. In, in, yeah. in many ways, the movie is absolutely critic proof. 
Like there's nothing that we or any critic was going to say that was going to keep people from going to see this. So when you, when you, that doesn't excuse you from making bad choices and bad decisions though. Um, you know, it's, it's such a shitty film that it almost But it's seems, three. You gave it three. Well, I gave it a three because there were there were times where I had fun with it. You've had movies that were like zero or one I know. That, I know. that you didn't go, you know, it's such a shitty it's movie. It's such a bad movie. <laughs> I actually I actually um You, get, actually you liked, give it points for doing what it's trying to do. In some way. <laughs> in some aspect, kind of. You know, it it transformed from a from a film originally into a series of films that weren't targeting me at all because we've said this i'm i'm right. not a car guy i don't think you're really a car guy i mean well to this extent no it, it there could be I mean, no cars in this movie and it still it, well, wouldn't this, be for me right it's and this like, is what I'm, I'm saying like it's graduated to the point where there was some aspect of the fast and the furious which appealed to me even though it was centered around a lot of stuff i didn't care about manifolds and right, granny right, shifting right. and double clutch i didn't i don't care about any of that but i like the characters the story was flimsy but it was cohesive enough to be there and the charisma and the direction and the actual performances. Now everybody is in like this weird film together right. that has been edited so choppily and so strangely. I love the Jason Statham stuff. Once again, just like when he was in that Melissa McCarthy film, right, every right, scene he's in, right. I am on board with, even when he's taunting the rock across the prison yard, like right. everything Jason Statham does in this film, I love. Everything and, the rock and, did, and you know, one of one of the things that I have to say that I really liked was um, uh, I think the first time we see him again mm -hmm. is a little goofy, it, and, it and it's like we we're it, we're just being cheesy just for the sake of being cheesy, and right. you know maybe that if that's what you're trying to do, sure. then whatever. Okay. I thought that was a little goofy, but the longer they get into the movie, and then when we when we ultimately get to that part where they're still just bagging on each other, right? right? But then they just start laughing. Right. That was great. That I was thought. Great. I was Me like, too. God, if only something like this would be in a halfway decent movie. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Because it's wasted that, here. But that was really cool. Yeah. yeah but it's totally it wasted it's in this. Wasted. But, you know, there were a few moments like that when it was like, you know, I mean, it's not. Mm -hmm. it's not the worst thing I've sure. ever seen. It's not the right. worst thing I've seen in the last six months. <laughs> right. So can it, can I really say that it's zero? And there were, you know, there were, there were so many times that I was just rolling my eyes, wishing it would end. Right. Everything that happened with, uh, Charlize Theron mm -hmm. was stupid yeah. and, uh, yep. it just served to like, irritate the hell out of me yep. you didn't even need an actual person right it could to, have been to be her it could have been like dr evil or dr claw like it, just it this could, glove and yeah a cat it, and a voice right like or charlie's or, angels it didn't have to be yeah her. or like right. there's a there's a it's like uh yeah. what's that movie uh the horror movies where you just have the, the uh, cabin in the woods people can't get out uh cabin in the woods no oh I don't even remember the Cabin like fever? goofy clown mask thing is the bad guy. Oh, um, see, you don't yeah. remember any anyway. But it could have it could have just been a screen where you can't tell it who it is, and um, it's just talking. It was so it was so nonsensically well, black hat goofballness uh, that I couldn't stand any of it. But then there would they would do something that you were like, mm -hmm. oh, I mean that's okay, but. There, but like you said, there's so much of this movie where uh, none of it had to do with the story. 
All yeah. it had to do with was somebody got an email from the FX right company that right. they hired that said we figured out how to do this we can make oh we, we got to have that happen we can make in the movie. ice break right exactly so, all we right could... we're going to the antarctic you know the, there is a lot of begrudging three there but i found that i had a fun time when the movie wasn't trying to tell me what the movie was trying to tell me when right they, when right. they were all just hanging out the familiarity of the characters of the when actors it, in when those it really has nothing to do with the didn't plot matter when it yeah. didn't matter, the movie was at its best. Right. And strangely, you know, like you said, when Charlize Theron shows up and she is cut from the, you know, villainous handbook and every line of dialogue is just a thrown dart at the encyclopedia of movie cliche villain lines. Right. It, I, I didn't believe for a second the motivations of hardly anyone in this film except... Roman Pierce, who was called, we always like, we got to get out of here. Like, what are we doing this for? You know, you one, know? Of, one of the things, I, I, I agree completely. One of the things that kind of threw me in this movie is that now I'm, I don't have these characters down. Yeah, like, I do. Like, I, like I some people really like might, them. right? Yeah. I used to like them. I, I haven't watched all these movies. The ones I have, I yeah. don't remember. Right. Um, but uh, the, the part in it when Vin Diesel... Yeah. When she gives him the gun, right? I'm right. like, I don't know if he's that guy. Right. Uh, like she she gives him the gun and it's like, well, you could shoot me, mm-hmm. but then you could probably take him out too. Right. But then a bunch of people are going to storm in here and then you did it right. or whatever. And yeah. it's like, she's got this whole like, I've decided a new ethical theory right. of what's happening Torture or whatever. And, yeah. And when that scene happened, I was like, I don't know if that's that guy. Yeah. I think he might just blow you away and right. go, I'll take my chances right. or I'll figure it right. out. And right. maybe a bunch of guys will run in here, but I'll take a bunch of them out too. And, you know, maybe there are no bullets in the gun or, you right. know, whatever. Me, yeah. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's that guy. I don't know right. if that's who he is. First of all, uh, he'd probably kill a lot of you before you, anyone could get through to hurt his the kid. The kid. Right. Right. I don't know. Anyway, it just seemed like an odd setup where you're trying to, and then right. he has to deliver a goofy line, the throat and the to tiger, go thing. along with it and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, I will. I will say one thing that was weird, only because I thought about it for the film we're going to talk about next too, and it's strange to link them in this way because they're not really at all the same people, but. It was it was so weird seeing Eastwood's kid Scott Eastwood in the film right. be basically deposited as I I don't know if he's talented or not I know he looks like his dad. it's like a screwball cameo but it's really just like a bit of cronyism nepotism like hey you know we like your dad right so you'll be in these films at some point you know you'll be in some series so we'll put you in just to get your you know your chops right. He was so weirdly distracting. The only thing that was really funny was when they all ripped on him, calling him. And I love, I just looked him up to see what his name was. They just call him Little Nobody. Right. That's so funny. I mean, I don't know if the guys are good or not, um, but that was just so weird. That's that's another part of the movie, too. This movie starts (laughs) so horribly. The Havana scene. Yeah. Uh, And and that whole race that happened. I've seen people rave about it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And the whole, like, uh, the cars on fire and stuff. Yeah. That beginning to the movie i'm like man that whole thing should just be on the floor 
somewhere and just, uh, you know, give us like a 20 second little montage of mm-hmm. why we're starting mm-hmm. and just start because yep. that was just goofy. I get it too. That was, that was the first, it was funny because I didn't have lofty expectations. I've liked the franchise more than I've not. So I was thinking maybe this will just be a real fun popcorn film and that'll be that. I can't believe they're going to do two more of these. So, by the way, but when they did that, I was that was the first bell that went off because I remember. I know you just said you don't, but I do remember the films. And in the first film, when we first see Toretto, you know, it's this street race scene with Paul Walker, and Walker's like, "I'm going to bet my, I'm going to bet my car. I don't have all this money." And he's like, you know, to some people, respect is more important than winning money. And when he loses, Toretto doesn't give him back his car. The, the idea of this scene is to come full circle and show Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel's character, has come to this point where he wins this guy's car and he gives it back to him. Right. You know, because it's all about respect. You know, this is supposed to be this metaphor for how he's changed. And I'm just like, oh, God, this right. is the film I'm going to see. You think you're Heavy making a handed, whole other right. movie. You think now you're, now you're in pretentious land because right. you think you're above everything else. Rev the engines, show the girls in the tight shorts, run the race, right. blow something up, end the credits. Grab the torpedo right. on the ice yeah, and you aim loved it. it. I actually gave it a half star for uh, that. That was, yeah, because you did something so stupid that I have to give it's, you another it's, star. It's an annoyingly... It's an annoyingly lame and just kind of like mistaken entry into something that was almost foolproof. Like at seven, the last one we saw when they were putting cars out of windows in Abu Dhabi. Right. And jump, I, jumping I from it. building to I building. That was and, so stupid. Yeah. It had bridged the point where I'm like, I can have fun with this. You know, you know what and happened? Now, they just dialed it one click too far. And now it's just dumb. Yeah. Like, you, dumb, dumb. You know what happened, I think, in those movies? Because the last one was not nearly as bad as this. No. Um, but you know what happened, I think, is that they're making the last one. And whatever, like I said, they've got some special effects company yeah. uh, on the payroll right. or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, they sent him an email and said, I bet we could make it look like we're jumping a car from one building to another and, yeah. and make it come together. And they went. All right, put that in. Right. And then they sent him another email and said, I bet we can make it look like a submarine <laughs> is jumping out of the water, chasing right. a bunch of cars at over 100 miles an hour. Yep. And somebody said, put it in. Right. Like, like right. there's no there's no gate in between right. where somebody goes, but do we want that? There was one, there was <laughs> right? one, email, there was one email that went back in that exchange, because I believe you. One email went back and they're like, why are cars on water? And they went back and they went, It'll bust through the ice. Frozen. And you're like, got it. <laughs> Done. We got water cars now. No one thought of boats. <laughs> like, right. we, you know, but yeah. That'll, that'll be cool when I it's mean, like Fast and Furious, know. like 15, and it's right. like all boats. Because that was. No, it's that, a motorized wheelchair. That, that was a be... cool thing that uh, one thing that I did like in a like Schadenfreude sort of way where yeah. I like to hate crap that's happening. Right. Uh, I did <laughs> like that they completely ran out of cars. Yeah, like we've yeah, gotten right. so far in the movies that we there are no <laughs> other cars to show right. you. We so this. we've got this like goofy yeah. tread tank yeah. thing, and we've and it, somebody's driving a Bentley for no reason. It's like yeah. what? It had it had potential to remain as constant as the last three entries had given us if it had just made you know reasonable. I don't even I don't even need smart, but I, smart would have been good. But reasonable <laughs> decisions when there were. When the story comes to a point where they have to choose what to do, it just went with like, 
not necessarily derivative, but almost like self-derivative. Like they're like, right. well, my character would do, you know, it's like, it's like playing Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of people who both A, take the game too seriously and B, really don't know who they're playing at all. I don't know how to My play. character will kill right. you in the night. You know, <laughs> right. no, you won't. You know, I, I'll try. No, you won't. You know, it's like these arguments and they're like, I'll drive this car this way because my character did this in the last movie. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it's astounding to me that this is like the biggest money maker of all time. I get it why overseas everyone laps this up. And I get it partially because of the actual diversity in, in the cast. I get that that's it. But I wish it was a better movie. I, I wish that the best movie, yeah, the best selling movie of all time was a better film. And this <laughs> is really bad. Good luck with that. Three. Anyway. Uh, okay. So uh, moving on to better things. Yeah. If you were going to go see that movie... You're not listening to us anyway. No, you're That's not. What and I'm you've thinking. seen it twice already. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, the circle. Now here is a totally different thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. We've got Tom Hanks, uh, Emma Emma Watson. Watson. Yep. Is and Patton Oswalt. Uh, Pat Patton Oswalt. Bill who Paxton. Who I, who I, I did, forgot was in the film. Yeah, me too. That was that actually surprised me. And. Uh, and I don't know, it was interesting to see him in it, but uh, yeah. none of them really have much of a role. It's really right. Emma Watson and supporting characters. Like yeah. if you try to imagine the movie and you're yeah. thinking of uh, who can be nominated for what, right? <laughs> right. Only, only Emma Watson is in the movie in a certain sense. Right. Everyone else is just the periphery, supporting yeah. characters. And even though you see a lot of Tom Hanks in all of the trailers and spots for the movie and you imagine that he must be in it more, he's really not in it a whole lot. He really isn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've got uh, Karen Gillan is in it um, yeah. a lot more. Much more. Th- and I hope that's how you pronounce her name. I think I have, so. I have no idea. But, uh, and I'm a huge fan of hers actually because, you mm-hmm. know, she used to be uh, uh, Amy Pond on right. Doctor Who and she was great. Um, and she's actually good in this at first. And then I think the longer, it, not that it's like her fault. I think really. you could argue that about everything. I think it's good. Well, at, I think yeah, it's that's good. True I think too, it's good yeah. at first, and the longer it goes, I think everything. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, the movie, if you haven't seen the trailers or whatever, it, it's basically a kind of uh, if we mashed Apple and Facebook together yeah. and made a company, mm-hmm. uh, that company would be the circle. Yep. Tom Hanks is in charge of it and he is, he's doing his best Steve jobs. Uh, he's you know? yeah. He's not so much uh, Matt Zuckerberg. He's a lot right. more Steve jobs, yeah. except I guess by the time you get to the end of this, <laughs> you'd have a different argument yeah, about so. who he's right. supposed who he's really to be. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, but anyway, he he owns it. Emma Watson starts working there. Uh, the whole theory of the circle, just like you know, Facebook more than Apple, right, is kind of uh, to take over your life. So it's it's a weird it's a weird mashup of the companies in a way and the idea of social media and tech in general. Uh, but what the company does is more like Facebook, which right. is try to connect every social aspect of your life and all this stuff. Yep. But we see the company, it looks more like Apple in the physical world yeah. as opposed to like what they do. Yep. It's got the big campus like... Uh, and it's the big... I mean, it's a circle. It's, a, it's a, the big circle campus and the whole thing. Anyway, Emma Watson starts working there. And then, you know, as you see from the trailers, um, bad stuff 
is right. apparently happening she's and she's finding out secrets and right. yeah. you know, whatever and hilarity ensues. Right. Um, the best I could give this was a three and I, I think I got that right. Only gave it a three I because of the first half hour, because the yeah. first half hour of this movie, I was like, this could actually, I didn't have like super high hopes, but I thought, right. I thought I was going to at least get like a seven or eight movie that I was going to have a fun time with. Mm-hmm. And the first half hour, I did. The first half hour, I was, I was really Promising. pretty into this movie. Yeah, I, I thought it showed a lot. I, of options. I thought it's not going to be my new favorite movie I've ever seen before, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, going to be something pretty interesting. And and the weird thing about it for me is that in the first half hour, it kind of connected to the reality of the world, right? Yep. And after that, it really kind of turned into a sci-fi movie pretending to be stuff that could really happen mm-hmm. so that you'll be scared of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost it was almost like this movie was trying to be a horror movie. Like, what are people scared of right now? Right. Well, we're scared that Tech, every, everyone's yeah. gonna know everything about us. It's right. like every time somebody throws out some bullshit uh scammy meme about how mm-hmm. Facebook is now going to sell your information oh, right. yeah. or whatever. Right. Everyone yeah. goes berserk, yeah. right? I mean, it's and it's the weirdest thing and it's the weirdest like point of our culture somehow with tech that everyone will freak out if they think even though it's not true. Right. Uh, and it, and then before it's over, it takes like, you know, a thousand people telling them it's not true before they believe it, right. you know, because then they're like, that's what you would say, right. <laughs> you know, because it's all <laughs> everyone's a because every, because everyone's crazy. But yeah. it, but everyone goes nuts about the idea that maybe the privacy rules are going to yeah. change. Right. Meanwhile, you purposely post every freaking thing right. that happens in your whole life. On your own. What you could they everything. steal? Right. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, but the movie really goes fantastically goofy, and mm-hmm. everything is so oversimplified. Like it's convinced that everyone watching it is a idiot. Yeah. Almost to the same extent as like the car movie. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, like I was watching this movie after all. After a while, I was kind of like. Looking for the little cameras, right, like yeah, going, right, yeah. What's going on? <coughs> I don't know. Well, I thought uh, I thought actually give? I thought you were going to give it like a two and a half, so I was a little off. I, I saw it the uh, same way you did. I gave it a three, and I thought every once in a while we see a film that <laughs> what we comment on is that somewhere out there is a good version of this movie, right? There's a good version of this movie out there. There definitely they, they shot is, the yeah. stuff. I think that the majority of things that happened, and this is like one of those dark shadows films for me, because once it reached a certain point, it precipitously fell off the rails. Oh, it yeah, just kept yeah. getting worse and worse. And I kept thinking while I'm watching it, how do you fix this? And and you can't. You're just right. now you just gotta get to the end of the line. Um the problem that I had wasn't necessarily anybody's performance, though I agree with you. The longer they performed, the less likely I enjoyed it. That's mostly because of the story and the direction, but I don't think anybody did a bad job, with the exception 
of Eller Coltrane, the kid from Boyhood. I wanted to dig my own eyes out every time he was on screen delivering a line like somebody who really did show up to deliver pizza and they were like, hey, we need another guy. You get in here. <laughs> he is probably the worst actor I've ever seen in my life. I wow. I loathe him so much that this film lost like six stars just because of him. <clears throat> yeah. He is, I, I, every single time he just, he didn't seem the, like he the knew problem, what to do. You know, the problem though, <clears throat> I, I agree, he kind of jumped out. This character uh, Mercer, you know. But I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know how much you can blame him, oh, okay, even right. though I I will blame him some. I'm I'm teasing in a bit, but okay. everything that he's given to say is, is the is absolutely most right. ridiculous thing that right. no one would say. I, and, I and saw it's, it, it's a weird thing because what happened in this uh, movie, especially for his character, but mm-hmm. for a lot of other characters, right, mm-hmm. is that everybody's lines suddenly became like the conclusions of what they're saying instead of the things people would actually say to get to that conclusion, to get yes, to do 100%, that hundred percent, man. I agree with that. Totally. It and was so weird. You know, there's a, there's a, there's basically the problems that I have with the film is that the story, I never read Dave Eggers book that this is based on. I, I know a lot of people really like it, but I don't know if that means anything. I know a lot of people really like books. I hate, so right. that doesn't mean anything, <laughs> but I understand why Tom Hanks and Emma Watson did this. They both more Emma Watson than anything, which was really strange, but I know she was talking about this movie. She's a big, you know, social media phobe. She doesn't like right. Facebook, Twitter things, not because her things get hacked, but she just thinks that they're duplicitous and really problematic and they're you know all the same things that the movie puts forward so when she's in this movie i get it i know why it's easy to hook right, her on right. it and again the film started off with like this real, real ham-fisted heavy-handed way to try to subtly tell me the difference between nature and technology when she's out in her kayak and she gets a call and she silences it and she's just kind of like i just want to be in Well, i get that like right. but you're real clumsy about it the big problems are that the film the film is just edited so strangely. Things happen so fast without any development. By the time the reversal comes, it's the most patent. Like, I mean, I guess that was coming from 10 miles away, but you never did a thing to set this up except like John Boyega is basically the physical ghost in the machine who is there in the beginning just so he can be there in the end to help her right. do this big thing. The film is just like a falling house of cards when it just tried to build itself in a wind tunnel anyway. Like it just I, I had think such a problem. His character even almost feels like and you know, like you said, I'm sure this He's follow, on the editing I, I'm floor sure that, I'm sure this follows the book to some extent. Hopefully. But his whole character feels like they made the whole movie and got done and went, I don't know how to end. Right. And how then do we they do went, that? Oh, let's stick in let's this character this yeah. and now this'll happen. You know. Because because we can't go through this movie and suddenly have her have that kind of ability, right? right? We have right. to have like some because we've never established. We have to basically have like a boogeyman who uh, can always who can do it. Yeah. So we like stuck him in later. But but the problem really for me in the whole movie is uh, once you get to a certain point in the movie, everything is so simplified as mm-hmm. to like be ludicrous, right? right? Including, and, and I think. Uh, the main huge problem with the movie is that uh, the two guys, Patton Oswald and mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, they don't have to be evil. Right. They could have like legitimate viewpoints right. that are just 
scary, shit, right? Right. That and are, I didn't think that, they were evil. To be honest, I didn't think. I thought they just kept pushing it. You know, well, they were no, like, but they, but they, I didn't get that. But they were. I mean, they were. They were clearly like, uh, you know, taking out the senator who was yeah. opposed to them, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they did whatever they do behind the scenes sure, and right. whatever. And they're, uh, you know, they're going to watch everybody and everything that happens, like, except Mm -hmm. them. And they're going to, you know, take over, like, the universe or whatever. But they're, they're, like, clearly, like, kind of twirling their mustaches in their secret room that Mm -hmm. no one else is allowed to go into and all this, you know, Mm -hmm. crazy crap. But they didn't have to. They could just have an actual view of people who think... uh, What's wrong with having cameras well, everywhere? Like what you said earlier, <laughs> you know? everyone is sharing everything anyway. We're going to make right, it easier right. for you to do that. Oh, now we're like bad guys. Right. You know, but I, and, yeah. and, and now we're going to, you know, uh, take over voting and, right. it, you know, own every uh, elected official if, and everything, <laughs> yeah. know everything about them. And, yeah. and that's it. That's an whatever. interesting scene for me, too, because that's the point of no return. It, it, I know that's weird because there were a lot of things but it still hadn't slipped too far yet but in that board meeting when annie runs out right and and emma mx emma's character may stands up and basically says why not why stop there let's do these things tom hanks is great in that scene and emma watson isn't bad in that scene if you had anything before that to precipitate her character doing what she does suddenly having she all doesn't. the ideas and she everything she doesn't you yeah. know and it's not that and even even if she had those ideas the only way that i believe she would do what she did if she's now aware that the circle and hanks and, and oswald are maybe up to no good and she has to and infiltrate she's playing that. she's doing it right. but she and they don't and they don't give you that at all right she's right. genuine and i don't believe and, that the scene before that and the scene with that, like they're not that far apart. Right. And that's two different people. And and it's really horrible because she has all because she has to be too many people all the time in, in the yeah. same movie yep. because she has to be the audience. Yep. For a lot of it. We have to experience so, through her. Yeah. So she's going through a lot of it going, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning, there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, everything about you know getting kind of indoctrinated into the campus, right? right. Where she's kind of going, uh, like she's right. very hesitant about everything that happens, and then there be even you know other stuff where, um, you know as she puts the uh, Mercer first starts getting kind of harassed, right. and she's like whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like oh no, I fully drank the Kool Aid, right. and they yeah. even mention drinking the Kool Aid, right? Yeah, she says yeah, and and then all of a sudden you know she switches to that character for mm-hmm. a while, then she has to switch back to the other you know, character for a while, right. and it's it, in some and we've done this before too. It actually felt like it might have been the best parts of the book verbatim, and I never read the book. Right. So I, I was like seeing segmented stuff that didn't make any sense at all. Right. But I felt like I got May in chapter six where she's ever so grateful and ever so thankful that her parents get some coverage medically because they're in trouble. And then all of a sudden, I'm missing chapters seven through 11. And when I get to 12, she's in the boardroom saying, let's right, not right. stop here. Like, I don't get that. But some of the things I did like, you know, I actually, I like Tom Hanks. You know, I like him in pretty much anything. And I liked Patton Oswalt. He didn't. He didn't have to do hard things. He just had to stand right, there and right. do those things. And I liked Emma Watson. And and some of the stuff that I liked as her as a foil were the 
the things that made me frustrating because they were director decisions when she um when she goes transparent and you see though it's distracting you see all the bubbles of texts and comments right i spent time i darting, liked, I, I darting I liked through that them. too and i loved the nuance of it because it, i i can't read cantonese you know and there was some russian there were right, glyphs right. and things but the stuff in english were things that I see, you know, it was like, oh, your hair looks so pretty. I'm in here too. Follow me. And then some things were so random. It's like, I'm going to get lunch. Right. And I'm like, that's real. Right. Like, I actually, that gives you a gravity of believability here. And I liked it. I don't know if you ever saw it. The, still my favorite of these films, which are like, you know, the net and you know, all these kind of weird infiltrated films. I thought it was going to be more along the lines of antitrust, which was the Ryan Philippe, right, Tim right. Robbins film where he's, you know, he's the Bill Gates and this, this kid gets in, figures out that they're up to no good. They're collecting data and he infiltrates and then sets them up. Like right. I thought this was going to kind of be it. And it's, it's not it at all. Even though it's got things to say, which are the scene you were just talking about, uh, where they approach her and they're talking about like how her, her levels aren't up. She needs to be more social. She left the campus. She didn't right, come which, back. That's one. That's one of the like, like killing scenes for me. That was horrible. It was so awkward because, because I think of them. They ought to have been robots, right? right? And, they and were certainly horrible. They, and I think they were supposed to represent that in a way. But something that I liked in it, I found like a little nugget in it, which is when they're talking to her, and she's like, "Well, I just went kayaking," and the guy's like, "I, I like to kayak. Why don't we kayak?" Like. That's the superficiality of a matching algorithm in a world where people are just right. like, I actually don't like talking to you. Right. I like kayaking alone. Like, of course it makes sense we should kayak together because we both have that interest. Therefore, let's be friends. Right. Like, I love that. So do more of that and do it nuanced or even heavy handed, but if, sell it like if, that. If they could have if they could have done that. Because that's interesting. If they could have brought that idea in. Yeah. Better. I did all with, the hard work for that without idea. Without those like, two people who are acting like bizarro They're right out of caricatures. Stepford. They're right, Stepford right, exactly. Yeah. If they could have brought that whole idea that she's having some pushback yeah. because she's just not really social, because right. she just doesn't want to right. hang out with people all the time, yeah. that would have been great. Yeah. But... Yep. The, but it's Good just luck. but it's they might as well just hold up a sign right and go right this is a problem yeah so now you know that or yep. whatever and it tries to give you this she's kind of being swayed a little bit right mm -hmm. but the way that it happens uh like we both said before you know she she's kind of back and forth we want her to be like wary of what's going on because yep. we want the audience to be able to connect with that idea. But then we want her to not be wary anymore yeah. and just dive in. But yeah. that doesn't really make sense. It's like really she should have worked there for like a couple years yeah. instead of a couple oh, months. Yeah, right? I was I mean, going to say she's, so, she's there like a month and this is all happening. But. She's so like sideways of mm -hmm. everything that it's... And I like even the metaphor of that, which is if you're in a social environment that isn't real, like if it's, you know, cyber social, you can still stand out and, and get popular. Like she was actually kind of like a viral person because she had right. an idea. And then all of a sudden everyone started saying hi to May and then May became popular. So everyone said hi to May. Like right, it, right. I like that metaphor, but I, why am I doing all the heavy work to yeah. find that? And like the, show me that. The whole part you of, know. uh, the whole actual plot that we're trying to get through. Yeah. 
like I said, everything is so oversimplified. It's so bad, yeah. They show you a couple newsreels of this yeah, senator. Right. Yeah. Then the next thing yeah. you know, we have Patton Oswald going, oh, look, she got investigated, right. so now she's bad. Right. So now the idea that she thought we should be investigated, obviously bad. Right. Yeah. And it was just so, like, yeah, uh, it was so awful. It was so soundbitey. It was almost mm-hmm. like it was doing the thing it was trying to make fun of and, at the same time that it was yeah, making fun of it. And I it, agree. And yeah, and like I said, they just they just didn't need to be so creepy and evil, right? right? They could have just yeah, they could have just actually thought you know when Tom Hanks comes out at first with his super camera, right? right he sells you a bunch of stuff about why this is so cool. Because right. look, I can I can just stick one at the beach. Yeah. And now I'm going to get temperature and right. I'm going to get all of this information about what's going on there because I want to go surf and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then we stick one, you know, over this area of traffic and over the city. And there's all these good things that come out of that, right? Yeah. But in the movie, he's just selling you that Mm -hmm. as the way that he's going to convince people to fall for his evil plans. Because that's not why he wants the cameras everywhere. But he could have actually just been a guy who just wants those cameras everywhere. Right. right? (laughs) Who just actually. And and then she goes to the doctor. And the doctor is crazy creepiness. Right. Yeah. And and the whole system See, of the medical side of it has yeah. its own like evil underpinnings, right? right. Where you could have just had a doctor who really just is like, <laughs> look at how we will help people, right? right? Instead of you know, it's it's creepy and evil enough on its own, yeah, right? As a, yeah. <laughs> as a you know non evil thing. It's what's funny about that scene is I I actually don't like that scene at all, but I like it on paper. I like that scene very much. Right, right. I like the idea that May, as a character, who's still getting used to the overall like supremacy of technology and what she's about to do, like if if a doctor told me that the thing I was wearing, my Fitbit, suddenly could tell me like my cholesterol, and I said how, and she said, well, the tracker I just had you swallow, right? They'd be coming in that room with an ambulance for her <laughs> because I would go ballistic. The way that she swallows, pun intended here, literally and metaphorically this, and seems to go, oh, well, whatever. Oh, okay. Like, right. I actually like that on paper very much because so many people are, give, like what you just said a couple of times, they're willfully giving up all their privacy until they're said to sign on the dotted line. And then they're like, well, wait, you don't get that. Like, I love the dichotomy and the duality and the hypocrisy of people's decisions but I wish that scene just worked better to make that happen. Like every other goddamn scene after the 40 minute mark when I started getting tired of it. Right. Because it seemed so, I mean, I felt kind of like it was pretentious. Like I felt that yeah. movie thought we're going to show you the foibles. It's, it's, like, of it's like really sharing. like talking down to you. It really did. In, I really felt like it was, but not, not from the characters, but from the movie. Right. You know, because I thought I, I still stand by. I like John Boyega. I just wish I understood what the hell he was doing, popping up every 11 minutes to whisper right. the Yoda stuff in her ear and Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. And, you know, yeah, there's a weird sentimentality there just to see Bill Paxton again, you know, because yeah. I, I was so surprised by that. I'm like, holy shit, that's right. Bill Paxton. He just died. Like, what's he doing? So, 
But, you know, yeah. The Fast and the Furious, not necessarily disappointing because I was wary. The Circle, actually disappointing. A, a lot more disappointing. I, yeah. Because of because, Tom Hanks and Emma Watson, be, I thought this well, was going to be something a lot better than it was. And, and because, like you said at the beginning, there's a good version of this somewhere. There is. This could be a good movie. This could be a lot yeah. more interesting. Even if you want, even if it, uh, you know, somebody thinks that the evilness inherent in these two guys running the company yeah. is uh, something you absolutely have to have. It doesn't have to be that kind of evil. Right. Uh, right. Y- yeah. You know, com- God, man, complete, you, like, I creepy, forgot. like, they're Bond villains I or liked, something. I right? like that scene that Tom Hanks was talking about later when they shame her publicly, which was a necessary part. I also like the idea that you get shamed publicly to correct yourself, but I hated the scene they were in. Right. When he talks about his kid and he makes, like, this human connection, that's more effective than, you know, him saying, like, we need more data. Right. You, you right. know, like what you said before, he can just be a guy that believes this is more helpful. Right. Instead of, <laughs> I'll know all right. you know, right. it, you know. So. It's like, uh, yeah, if you have a, a connection in, in this to, you know, somebody whose kid gets injured and yeah. now suddenly is, you know, on this big campaign that every little league kid has to wear a suit of armor or something right. and it's like you know they don't have to be evil to <laughs> to be trying to screw with other people's lives they right. he just could have a thing you know you just right anyway I, it, that, that's a bummer that's that's too bad yeah i, I it, actually was pretty pretty amped up for that i was you know, i was, was re- kind of looking forward to it yeah. too but like i said i didn't know that it was going to be awesome but i yeah. thought this ought thought to be, be it'd be fun yeah something really fun real quick as i think we're getting out of here oh yeah are you looking forward to guardians because that's what we're seeing this weekend right i am looking forward are to you? it um I, it makes me it. nervous though yeah. but uh, you know i was nervous about the first one and yeah. i loved it so i mean there were uh yeah. th- there were wasn't perfect no but, but it was man it was, different. It was, it was like fun. a lot of fun i gotta try to rewatch it I'm, i i i feel like i soured on it somewhere like right. i feel like i watched it and was like it was okay but i didn't feel like i liked it as much as everybody not that i have to right but i feel like maybe seeing it again to go because i think maybe going into it cold is not the way to do it right i feel like i should either know what i'm not liking and look for it or know what i liked and i don't know <laughs> see <laughs> Well, that but clears it, that up. Well, it's not like I, I had somebody tell me, you know, why I didn't love, you know, and I said, I like Doctor Strange. I actually remember liking Guardians of the Galaxy. I like light stuff. Everything doesn't have to be the Dark Knight, right. you know, and that's the most important part. But it can't just be Daredevil for the sake of like, oh, look, it's different. I'll love that. Right. You know, so I don't know. I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm wary of it, but yeah. Yeah, good luck. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I I yeah. actually uh, am kind of looking forward to it. I yeah. liked I liked the first one. I'm scared of it though, you yeah. know, and it, because it, whenever you make a sequel, you're right. probably going to screw it up. Yeah. So, right, <laughs> I mean, that's just there's just more ways. That's just how that works, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you got like a 75 percent chance at least of of sucking. Suck. That's just how that works. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of scared of it, but yeah. I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, anyway, cool. uh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, we've certainly talked long enough. Like you said, uh, next week is going to at least be, it should be that guardians of the galaxy yeah. too. And hopefully a couple of other things because, uh, you know, there's some, there's some stuff out there that, uh, we right. haven't covered. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in everybody. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 
Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.